0: To Thy strong word, I'm Pastor AJ Espinosa. We're reading through the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter, out loud, and we're in Mark, in the Gospels again. It's awesome, and this is this is a neat chapter here, Mark chapter three. We've seen it in Mark, the action just it just comes on so quickly, and you just see this this confrontation. Uh, chapter 1, you just see, really, it's the confrontation between the Lord Jesus and, and the demons, right? His authority. In chapter 2, the the authority is really getting questioned, especially by the scribes and the Pharisees. And now in chapter 3, right, it, it's really getting to already a boiling point where you actually get uh, the Pharisees now going out to the Herodians to conspire against Jesus. And it says to ultimately destroy him. So already in chapter 3, it's, it's starting to look like the cross is inevitable. So uh, it, it's just such a—I mean, in some ways, it's such a surprising, um, you know, turn that it just—the time of the honeymoon period seems to be so short-lived. Um, but, you know, it's interesting the way that Mark is, is telling, this, uh, telling this story to us. And last time we saw the Son of Man come up, and this time we get the title uh, Son of God just all the more prominently spoken. So lots of cool things to look at today in Mark. Joining us today as our guest, we have got Pastor Scott Adel, pastor at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Good morning, brother. Good to have you with us again. How are you and the brothers and sisters out there in Collinsville?
1: We're doing well. Doing well. It's good to be here today.
0: Yes, using using that kind of flexible... Use of the uh, sense of the word here, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yes, very good. Um, but yeah, you know, Mark is it has such an interesting feel. Um, I mean, really, each of the Gospels does, um, and, and uh, you just you just see it's. Um, I, mean, I mean, in this chapter, the the confrontation really gets just. I mean, very intense already. Um, and really, at the end of the chapter, you've already got this. You know, this is the Lord's pronouncement too of the, um, you know, an unforgivable sin. You got, you know, Jesus is being, you know, uh, you know they're saying that he's got demons. I mean, so it's, um, I, I mean, it's just, it's already like, whoa. I mean, this this happened really quickly,
1: didn't it? I'm sorry. Which chapter are we in? Which
0: this is Mark. Ch- Mark chapter three, is that is that what you got too or <laughs> uh, no, nope,
1: but I can easily turn back there. We're good to go. <laughs>
0: ah! oh, no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. These, oh these things do rarely happen once in a blue moon here. What 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 did oh, well, you have, I've, Mark for? I've four? read
1: the book before. We're good. I read it. <laughs> uh no, you're right. The uh each of the gospels has a different has a different feel. And, and as you're talking about before, uh One of Mark's feels is just the immediacy and and the quickness with which things move back and forth. And so, like you were saying earlier, uh, in Mark, everything happens immediately. And and already they're starting to make plans about what are we going to do about this Jesus guy because he's not one of us. And uh, how are we going to deal with this? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I like the way you're putting it because it helps us to think about, you know, why did they get rid of him, right? Uh, and I think mm-hmm. we um, we often kind of skip over that and we're just like, oh, well, they were just terrible, terrible bad people, right? And we just kind of like picture them as like, I don't know, they're, they're like wearing like I don't, purple capes and top hats with like, you know, uh, long mustaches that curl at the end or something, right? Yeah. Snickering sinisterly yeah. in the corner and it's just like... You know, we kind of make cartoons out of his opponents uh, without understanding Mm -hmm. what was going on. And unfortunately, when we miss why they were opposed to him, we don't really understand what is so uh, controversial and what is really so scandalous about the gospel, um, even in Mm -hmm. our own context. And and that actually hurts our own understanding, I think, where, where we just kind of... Smooth over the parts of the gospel that that seem um, you know contrary to our own way of thinking and we, and we just kind of uh, then lump all the enemies like together and say oh they were just ridiculous, but I, I would never be like that of course
1: C- correct I mean we, we do it to say political opponents in our own day and time, yeah. but we're, we, we often do it especially on on a scale like this where we don 't actually know the people we only know obviously the gospel writer's sides of the story, or, or at least we know that side best. And so you're right, we do see them as kind of cartoon villains. But when it comes down to it, uh, I think we would understand the Pharisees rather well. If we lived back then, especially us who are on the conservative Christian side of the spectrum, if if you were to transport us back then and say we were on the con- quote-unquote conservative side of the Jewish spectrum, you yeah. uh, we would very much like the Pharisees, and when yeah. they say, "Listen, you you can't listen to this guy. This guy's bad news," I think that we would be more than tempted to listen to them.
0: <laughs> uh, I I agree a hundred percent. I think that you know I, I've had a I've had a hard time um, getting it across sometimes in Bible studies, but I think you're right. Like if you if you were to put us back then, I think that we would all be like. Of course, the Pharisees are the good guys, right? Who do you think the good guys are? The Zealots, the Sadducees, right? <laughs> Correct. I mean, yeah. they're they're the crazy people, right? I mean, they're they're just. I mean, they don't they don't even believe in, in all in all this. They don't they don't believe in the resurrection, right? They don't believe in, you know, um, the angels and spirits. And it's like, you know, oh, what is this? They don't believe in anything, right? Uh, mm-hmm. May as well just be Roman, right? They they're, they're like practically, uh, they're practically like atheists, we might say, right? Um, and, yep. and we would feel all kinds of sympathy for the Pharisees, I think, and um, yep. we're just kind of overlooking that by by making them out to be uh, these. Well, I mean, characters. you see too,
1: even even people who are on eventually on Jesus' side, like the the, the disciples of John the Baptist, even they're confused, and, and yeah. at times will come up and ask him questions like, "Why don't why we do this? Even the Pharisees do this. Why don't you do this?" And yes, he is. He, he doesn't fit into anyone's—which, I mean, it's just one of the things. He doesn't fit into anyone's preconceived notions or paradigms. He breaks them all, and he says, if you try and fit me into those, yeah, it'll be worse for your paradigm. <laughs> but I'm going to come through it fine.
0: Yeah, no, that's right. You can't you can't put Jesus uh, in a box, and um, yeah. he, he's showing that. Even though he is, in many ways, actually pretty close, in some ways, to the Pharisees, um, he's not quite them either. So— Uh, Yeah, thanks for helping us uh, kind of frame this here for us. Without any further ado, let's turn to the text. As we do so, Brother, would you say a prayer for us and for everyone listening and for all our brothers and sisters out there?
1: Yeah, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here this day to read your word, and as we do so, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, that we may understand and come to know more fully our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.
0: Oh, amen all right so let's take a look here at mark chapter three we'll just read the thing straight through uh, and then we'll come back around and we'll talk about this first scene with the, the man with a withered hand which i mean such a, an interesting way of putting it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah <clears throat> so let's let's read the through mark chapter three here it is from verse one again he entered the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed, from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the crowd, the great crowd, heard all that he was doing, they came to him, and he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him, for he had healed many, so that all who had Diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God! And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanerges, that is, Sons of Thunder, Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He's out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He's possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons he casts out demons. And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand." never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. So many things going on in each of these chapters. It it feels like you're just like, oh man, are we really going to talk about all of these things? Yeah. Um, But I mean, yeah, I, I think that you really see this. I mean, it's just the... The, the both the popularity right and the 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 anger the consternation around jesus it's just turned up to 11 and this is already this is only chapter three you've got people who are saying he's crazy namely his own family you got people who are saying he's he's possessed right he's possessed by yeah. Beelzebub. um you got people planning to destroy him and also he's so popular uh, that he can't eat or go anywhere without danger of being crushed by the crowd so I mean, it's just—there's it's a, there's a frenzy around him at this point, already so early on.
1: Well, yeah, and this is one of the ways, too, you can see, even from the people who disagree with him, just the things that they disagree about also yeah. give evidence to what he was doing. I mean, clearly he, he does things that people regard as miracles, whether or not uh, there are people who listen to Jesus and like that he's doing miracles, or whether or not— they're against him and doesn't think he should be doing miracles on the sabbath just in the way they frame that shows that he's doing miracles he is healing people just like right. as you said earlier with the way that they complain about how he talks is is an indicator that he talks differently and and oftentimes it'll come after one of his sermons that it'll say the crowd at least the crowd that was listening to him says this guy doesn't talk like our guys this guy talks like someone with authority and the way that you can see them, as you said, calling him crazy and these kind of things, they also – right normal people don't talk the way that guy talks. What right. does this mean? And clearly one of the options – I mean, as C.S. Lewis has famously put it, there, there are really three yeah. options. One to believe him, and one is the, the, the road they take here. You call him crazy. Say he's possessed. Say he's out of his mind. Or the, the third one right. would just be he's a liar and an evil man. Uh, But just just in the way that they set it up shows that he doesn't talk the way that other people talk or like you and I talk.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I I think that's right. You you um, really—I think this is where where um, Lewis—I'm thinking about what you were saying uh, about—I mean, Lewis's trilemma, right? That either he's um, out of his mind or he's uh, just evil, right, a liar, Mm -hmm. or he's actually— uh, you know uh, good you know he actually is, is what he yeah. says right he's um yeah and, and i think that there's um you know that's a little bit of a simplification but i think that it's actually a pretty good way of summarizing the, the reactions around him right i mean people yeah. basically are like e- either like the, the guy's nuts and this is exactly what you have in three um or um, he's out to deceive our nation he's going to end up destroying our people right because the romans are going to come and Uh, you know Mm -hmm. just end everything here or there's the people who are like you know in faith coming to him and uh, receiving healing but 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 certainly there's no one who's saying like oh he's uh i don't know what i mean he's just uh, the the disciples made up the whole thing he didn't
1: really exist um he's not actually he's a great teacher yeah he's a great teacher he's a philosopher or something along those lines which is often what you get these days, and to those kind of people, you can only say, well, have you actually read the Gospels? Because no one thought that about it. No one thought that he was just a good teacher and all the miracles were made up. No, you don't find that there. No no one thought he was just a great philosopher and uh, and just kind of aloof right. in the way that philosophy professors are. No one thought that. That That is the reaction right. from precisely zero people in the Gospels.
0: Yep. All right. So, so turning to the different reactions, in in particular here, the the first one is really in relation to this healing of the man with the withered hand, and this is an interesting scene. Um, yeah, I mean, so you know, uh, you've got you've got the the, the phrase, you know, withered hand, which is a, I mean, first of all, maybe we should just like just get that out there. What what on earth does that even mean? Um, I don't I don't think people talk about people having withered limbs these days but i mean what, what do you, what does this mean
1: uh, i mean your guess is as good as mine but uh, the i mean obviously he's, he's crippled in some fashion i mean th- there are other things where like they they say a different guy had dropsy and there's some kind of medical explanation that we can we can put to that i don't know if there is specifically that here but clearly uh, he recognizes him, uh, everyone recognizes him as a man who, who is crippled. And so when Jesus is, is going to make him whole, and he does this for all sorts of diseases, whether it's a skin disease, whether it's uh, actual demonic possession, whether it's uh, paralysis, I think was, a, was a, in one of the chapters uh, yeah. w- we had before, uh, you see... That, that God does view this as something that, that can and should be healed. And uh, he, he, he is willing to make people whole, not only spiritually but physically. And that, that this is the promise, ultimately, as we look forward to the last day as well, that we will be whole not just spiritually and mentally, but physically right. as well
0: right and, and i think that that was you know that that was the the connection that was really helpful when we were back in chapter two that we saw that you know it, it's really something that the paralytic you know his friends are lowering him through the roof right um he sees their faith it says right that's in verse five of chapter two and yeah. and then you know what's he say son your sins are forgiven and 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 we just wouldn't necessarily make this connection like hang on what we thought that he was looking for a miracle not necessarily Forgiveness, right? <laughs> Correct. Uh, but 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 we 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 saw that that this this is the whole idea. Like in in this culture, there's an intimate connection between sickness and sin. Um, you know, if you're if you've if you if you got some kind of sickness, especially something like paralysis or like a withered hand, uh, which we'll, we will get to in just a second, um, it's assumed that it's because you've committed some kind of sin. And so if you're if you're going up to a rabbi, <laughs> if you're if you're showing up in the synagogue, right, um, it's because You've repented, and what you're hoping for is forgiveness. But the assumption is you're gonna get forgiveness when you're healed. You know that that's that's the that's the framework they're operating in. So they are looking for forgiveness, and this guy, if he's showing up in the synagogue, he's looking for forgiveness too. Um, I'm sure that he would have naturally assumed, like everybody else, that he had this withered hand. Uh, because of his own sin, or maybe because of the sin of his parents, or something. But um, this, from what I've read, this condition was basically his hand was like atrophied; like he couldn't, mm-hmm. he couldn't move it. I mean, like the, the muscles were just all um, yeah. j- just constricted all the time; like he couldn't actually like extend it or stretch it out. Um, which I think is where you get to it in verse five, right? But so he yeah. is looking for forgiveness, and he feels. Um, dejected, he feels rejected by God, which is then, I think, why it's so surprising when Jesus looks at him and says, uh, come here. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, what what you just talked about there is kind of laid out in a a different gospel, in John chapter 9, where he goes through some of these issues as as well, and, and that man is uh taken aback when when they question him about who healed you what do you think about him he's like well uh, he healed me he's a good guy right that's he's a good guy and this is the same kind of thing that jesus is asking them here is it lawful on the sabbath to do good or do harm right what would if you saw a problem in front of you that you could fix immediately wouldn't you do that good and then when, when he gets the silence from them, which everyone just sees as a, as a damning silence, because they know the right answer, but they're not willing to say it. They're not willing to say it because that would give some kind of points to Jesus. And that, so that you, you find this also when uh, when he, later on in the Gospel, when he asks them about John the Baptist, what do you think about John's baptism? Was it from heaven or from man? And again, they come back completely stone-faced, because they know to admit that would be admitting that Jesus, and in that case, John the Baptist, was right, and they were wrong. And just the the point-blank way that Mark records it is, is as cut to the quick as you can go, do good or do harm, save life or kill, everyone knows the answer. Every single person knows the answer. They do, too. <laughs> and this is why Jesus gets right. angry it, at them. And, and he says it's not yeah. only anger. It is hardness of heart. You refuse to acknowledge what is right in front of me. And instead you're trying to trap me. And in trying to trap me, you're leaving other people in danger and in harm. And this is not going to go well. I mean, this is, this is ultimately the way that, that this gospel will go is, is they think that Jesus is, go, is going to do bad and do harm, and this is why they, they start the machinations to kill him. But it's right. also, as, as soon as he starts telling the parables, he says, no, 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 guys, I'm going to be raised. This is not going to go well for you if you don't repent.
0: Yeah, I, I think that I think it's right on the money that when you're looking at this this hardness of heart, you know, I don't think that we're supposed to be taking this as like, I don't know, they have no emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where our minds go. Right. Like they, they, they just don't love. Right. When We talk about hard hearts or cold hearts. Right. We're really focused on the emotions in our mm-hmm in our way of talking today. But when you look at the the ancient, the biblical way of talking about the heart, it's talking about their intentions and their plans and their desires, which is to yeah. say they have made up their minds at this point and they're committed, right? Like, like they're, they're in, um, they're in 100%. They're committed. There is no changing course for them at this point. Yeah. Th- their minds are made up. So, I mean, well, so he's grieved at how, how dead yeah. set they
1: are. Mm-mm yeah even in the face of evidence, they are against Jesus, yeah and so th- this is one of the shocking things as you go through the gospels as they harden their hearts and as they refuse, even the good things he does, they refuse to acknowledge as good, and it, actually that that's where this that's where this chapter is going later on with saying hes he's working on Satan's side. They just refuse to acknowledge anything he does as good.
0: Right. So, so it's not that they're just—I don't know—these icy bad guys who just don't care. I mean, like you were saying, in some ways, it's like they do care, right? They do care about their country. They—they think that in some ways, uh, what they're doing right now is justified, right? That they are in in the big picture um, doing what's right, you know? Because if they if they put down this man who's going to cause all kinds of problems, they will be able to preserve their heritage and their nation on a certain level, right? So. Uh, there's there there's yeah there's a lot of conflict here. It's a lot of uh, uh, it's very complicated. It's uh, complicated motives, I guess you might say. It's not so black and white, yeah, no. but there is something very black and white about this. Uh, but yeah, uh huh, yeah yeah. So so say, exactly oh, that, this, that this is this where is we're going. Story. When you put it in the law of God. Yeah. That's right. It gets very, very black and white. And we'll talk more about that here when we get back from our break. Got to take a short one here. Everybody, hang on with us. We're looking at Mark chapter 3 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. In 1924, by the grace of God, KFUO began broadcasting the good news of Christ for you. A long part of this history is bringing you worship services to hear and receive the good gifts of God in His words. This Sunday morning, join us for services from Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis at 8.15 and Hope Lutheran Church in St. Anne at 10.45, as well as Bible study from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere at 9.30. Hear Christ for you in Sunday morning services on KFUO.
1: worried king. I dare not leave my kingdom in the hands of the man he is growing to be. And a daring knight with a plan, Saya. I must have full charge of the prince if this is to work. Sir Malcolm and
0: the Missing Prince. Lamplighter Theater. Building character one story
1: at a time. Lamplighter Theater. Here on this station. Saturday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO.
0: I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 715 for Oratio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. Looking at Mark chapter 3 today. And we're joined by our guest. We've got Pastor Scott Adel, pastor at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. If you are listening live, you have a chance here to ask a question of me or Pastor Adel. Give us a call, 1 800 730 2727. Or if you're in St. Louis, 314 821 0850. Also, you can send an email to KFUO at KFUO.org, or if you're looking at the live stream on Facebook, you can also just post a comment or a question there as well to join the conversation. Also, I want to thank our supporters, our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Their website is lhfmissions.org. All right, so turning back to the text here, um, yeah so we were just talking about that so this this hardness of heart they they are resolved they're saying look um our our actions are justified in the big picture yeah we're gonna have to bend some rules along the way um but it's it's for the good in the end right so i mean so this this is this is a this is really just kind of a blow here to them what jesus the lord here is doing because they don't they don't want this this confrontation they don't they don't want this kind of uh, popul- this popularity contest to go on because they're losing it, um, like, like you were saying, right? Just the same way that they were losing it with John the Baptist, you were mentioning earlier. So yep. here here comes Jesus, right? Um, th- this man who feels rejected by God, he feels like uh, he's got sin on him, he needs forgiveness. And then when it says here, come here, this this, uh, this is a little bit of an under-translation. It actually, in, in the Greek, it says, uh, come up um, in the midst um, which is to say like you know hey come come up here where where we are, right? come up here yeah. in view of everyone where everyone can see you right right up here yeah. in the middle of everybody up here, right um, which is like saying that the Lord Jesus on the other hand, he wants to just put this on display right he's going to he's going to make the Pharisees have to eat their words and so if they want to go and they want to be on this path, they're going to have yeah. to look around at everybody. And they're going to have to give a non-answer to this question, like you were saying. You know, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good? And they're just going to have to not be able to even agree with something as obvious as that, just like you were saying, which which is just obvious according to the law of God.
1: It's just the way that politics works these days as well. I mean, you you recognize that people who are opposed to the president can't agree with him on anything, at least openly, because they think that that would bring them— uh, flack from their side. So even if he does something good, mum's the word. Can't say anything. You can only yeah. criticize. But it, as you said, too, it is... So by verse 6, the Pharisees went out immediately and held council with the Herodians how to destroy him. So they they, they were concerned about breaking the Third Commandment, and immediately they're they're making plans to break the Fifth <laughs> as soon as this is over. Yep. Oh yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Well, I mean, and in some ways, right? They're already breaking the fifth um, mm-hmm. because you know they're they're opposed to this man getting healed. Basically, they, I mean, yep. they're they're so dead set on we got to get Jesus, no matter the cost. They they don't care if it means that people aren't going to get healed, right? They don't they don't care yeah. if it means that people are going to spend the rest of their lives not able to move their hand, right? Uh, not able to to walk, not able to. I mean, I mean, it's just. Well, that's the price we got to pay for the greater good. I mean, that that's that's the hardness of heart.
1: Mm-hmm. And 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 it it comes, as we said, backed up because of their understanding of well, the third commandment. Apparently, their their understanding of the third commandment well, leaves that stuff out, and so they are dead set against right. it. Right,
0: and then like you were saying, I mean, it really, it really is—it's uh, it, just politics, right? And um, of course, you know, yeah. you, you see that on both sides of the aisle. Under the previous administration, like, correct, you know, um, there there was an element too that couldn't agree with them. Uh, that you know, apple pie tasted good, right? I mean, it's just like you were saying—you you just can't agree <laughs> with them on anything. Um, uh-huh. And and actually, the the politics is such that this is crazy here. It says in verse six, the Pharisees went out and immediately held council. With the Herodians against him, right? Which is which is really you don't appreciate this, but like this is this is nuts because this is like you know I, I don't know why. I mean this the, is something they hate like the this is like Rand Paul like teaming up with AOC or something <laughs> like that. Like I mean yes. or I don't I don't know. This is like opposite ends of the spectrum, right? And they That's are right. teaming up because of how much they just can't stand this guy.
1: And by the end of the gospel, I mean it will it will be the Sadducees as well, and the Pharisees and Sadducees hate each other, yeah. and and all of them yeah. will team up uh, to go against Jesus. Yeah,
0: that that will be the one thing that unites them that they they just they agree that they can't uh, they can't deal with this guy because I mean you know they're they're all vying for power and it's like you were saying they see him as a power threat. Um, I mean, and truthfully, he is um, because uh, he's I mean. Partially, right? Exposing them, um, exposing their hypocrisy, um, mm-hmm. and, and they can't have it go on. So, uh, so that's the situation that that Mark three sets us up with. Um, you know, the, this really this increase in the the political turmoil that's going on, and so he he gets out of the situation, right? He he, he does a little bit of this public provocation, but then he gets out of the way um you know he withdrew with his disciples it says right but the, the crowd follows him from everywhere um galilee judea jerusalem idumea beyond the jordan from around side. and Sidon. this is basically a way of saying just north south east west it's everywhere yep. um you know from the countryside from the holy city itself um everybody um yeah. and what's interesting about this this little scene here right uh, that you know, he's like, "Hey, get, guys, get the boat ready," <laughs> because <laughs> because here they come. <laughs> um, yep. I mean, it, it's it, it just shows you right just the opposite reactions that are going on, and, and and particularly, I think this is then the big the big thing here that we might skip over um, the the opposite reactions even from the demons, the unclean spirits, who finally say, "This, you are the Son of God," and I, and I think this is the first time that someone has said. Son of God, in the Gospel of Mark, that that this that this phrase gets put on somebody's lips here, yeah. at which and it
1: comes out of, uh, which the, is the, the the a really are the big ones moment. Who recognize him. Yeah, no, the demons are the ones who recognize him. and just give them the thought, You are the Son of God, and uh, he orders them not to make him. I don't know if this is just because having demons be your PR team is probably not the best idea. So there, <laughs> there might be that, but they they immediately see something that most of the other people don't and this is one of the things that, about the crowds that follow jesus you're right there are large crowds and they're from everywhere but eventually the gospels will start to break down well why are you following me are you following after me for bread or are you following after me for healing or are you following after me because you believe i'm the christ that's going to be crucified and rise again and, and and th- those kind of questions will go all the way down to the 12 themselves. And it's one thing to be popular. It's another, be- another thing to be popular for the correct reason. And this is something that he's going to have to deal with on a different level. But you're correct. The, uh, the, the demons, the unclean spirits, uh, know that he is the Son of God and the crowd sees in him something great and uh they're going to follow at least as long as they can or want to
0: right yeah no it's um it, it really it really is we we, we got to appreciate this here you know th- this title gets put here you're the son of god and we might just kind of say that see that and be like oh of course jesus is the son of god right you know, it's a good thing but i mean this was a really big deal in in this context and uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily want the demons to be the PR team. But, I mean, really, uh, you, you've seen this consistently already. The Lord Jesus doesn't really want anyone to be his PR team, right? He wants to be Correct. uniquely in control of the narrative that's around him. He doesn't want the, the guy healed of leprosy to go, go uh, spouting off his mouth. He doesn't want any of the people who are getting healed to go around telling things. He, he's very selective about how and when information about himself gets out. Um, there is a timing— to all of this, and and this is the thing, and this is interesting here, because we, we've already heard, you know, that, you know, the Lord's been like, hey, keep your mouth shut, but here it says in particular, right, um, he strictly ordered them not to make him known. Uh, this yeah. is the one thing that you really need to keep under wraps, um, and, and the way that it comes out here, I think, shows that this is not just what the unclean spirits are saying, but this is what the crowds are hoping Right? They say you yeah. are the son of God. Uh, we're, we've been looking for the, the son of God. We've been look. Well, when's he going to come? Like who, who? Who's it? Right? Because we need one. Because it's certainly not Herod. <laughs> um, so yeah. this is a live question. And the way that the the spirits are saying it is like, and you're the answer. You. It's you.
1: Yeah. And and he, he, as we were saying too, he, you're right. He did talk to the leper about not speaking about him. And and one of the reasons why is it made his job harder. So already back in chapter 1, when he began to go out and talk freely about himself being healed, it said Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. That uh, what he comes to do and preach and teach uh, and proclaim the kingdom of God coming in him, when anyone else is his PR team, that kind of stuff gets pushed to the wayside. And instead they're looking for these marvelous signs and miracles and uh, it, it it prevents him from doing the job that he wanted to do in the way he wanted to do it. I, I, even though they're right I, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and, and I think that's spot on. That that the, the point of the miracles, right, is to assist the preaching that he wants to do, right? He's, we we saw that in chapter one. Yeah, his purpose is to preach. That's what he said he's come to do, and and so when he's come here in chapter three, right. Uh, you know, he heals this guy's hand, right? Because he's, it, it's an object lesson, <laughs> you know. Like, hey, this is this is my this is my illustration for my sermon, right? About what the purpose of the Sabbath is, right? I mean, of course, he he like he cares and he he wants to help people, but the the point, right, is, is that all of this would assist in in the preaching ministry, and so he he doesn't want to just be the miracle guy. He's not just the you know, like he's hey, this this guy's a really good doctor. You know, like uh, he'll he'll fix you right up, right? Uh, then you can go back to your normal lives and go back to your regular routine. So, uh, yeah, so you're right. There's this very particular way that he wants the information to be coming out, um, and the way that he wants people uh, to be tracking with this, because the purpose is that he wants to be able to go from place to place and spread the gospel. He doesn't want to be crushed underfoot because there's a you know a crazy crowd that that just mm-hmm. wants a bunch of uh well that wants a show so mm-hmm. i think i think yeah you were starting to say that so you really do see some of that too then when mm-hmm. when he does go up up onto up the mountain because he's sort of like okay guys like we need to like really get away <laughs> for a second yeah. here um and it says there it's an interesting way of putting it right in verse 13 he called to him those whom he desired right like like there's there's a there's a small group here deliberately i mean he could have yeah. He could have appointed five hundred. I think he could have, you know, started forming yeah. an army right now, but that's yeah. not what he wants to do. He's like, I, I just need a small circle here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously there's a larger group. This is even you find out from the Book of Acts when they when they pick someone to replace Judas's place, kind of among these twelve, is they say, hey, we need someone who's been around with us the whole time, and you're like, well, wait a second, Who, where are all these other people from? uh you you see hints and glimpses from the gospels that it's clearly more than just these 12 men uh, a lot of the time but uh he he chooses these 12 this smaller group uh for a special for a special uh reason and for a special task
0: right and um you know it's not like you know everyone else following him was um i, I don't know what was was bad and right, and these twelve were good, I mean it's kind of obvious yeah. from the list right that you get um you get Judas Iscariot who betrayed him right um mm-hmm. so it's not it's not as if you know like oh these are the only twelve that get it, and we'll see that again and again right that um yeah well, these twelve don't necessarily quite get it either, no one really does, but what what's interesting, I think when you look at the twelve here right um they're are kind of an eclectic bunch, um yes, they are. you know he has his reasons, it says right you know he he desired like he had his reasons, he knew what he was thinking, he had his plan, mm-hmm. um but you know he preaches um his mission, then he gets these twelve to go on and also to preach that's their first job, number one, they'll also cast out demons, but he gets um you know he gets some i don't know some young hotheads, right he gives them the name sons of thunder right yeah. he's got a he's got a guy who's such a well known zealot, they just put it in his name. Simon the Zealot, right? So Correct. he's got he's got a he's got a mixed crew here, right? Which is which is interesting, you know. It's not like he uh was just like I'm only gonna call this certain group. This kind of thing gets back to the politics stuff we were talking about. I mean, I would yep. it doesn't say this here, but I would guess that some of these guys were probably, like, Pharisees or Pharisee sympathizers, too. I mean, so he, he kind of draws on a group of them and says, yeah. you know, I'm not really, like, with one of these teams here. It's whether or not you're on my team.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, too, the other the other thing here is just the number 12. This kind of carries mm-hmm. a special importance and and is making a statement in and of itself that these kind of people are going to be—and they are, as you said, from all walks of life. Obviously, Matthew is a tax collector, and I think we all assume decently well-off, maybe not super rich, but decently well-off. So he picks from different levels of society, different backgrounds, and different political alignments. And, yeah, he he's using the ones that he desires for his own tasks.
0: Yeah you got you got some older, some younger um all different sorts of backgrounds, and I think yeah, you're right. I think that this is actually a preaching moment too because when people see that he's followed around by a group of twelve who have this authority, what are they thinking of right well they're thinking of Joshua marching around with the twelve um heads of the tribes of Israel right I mean he's yeah. i mean and of course you know Joshua and Jesus are the same name um in 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 Hebrew yeah. so it's 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 unmistakable. I mean, he's making a statement, you know. I mean, even by saying this, this is his subtle way, I, I think in some ways, this is his subtle way of saying, yeah, I am the Son of God. I actually am the king and the rightful ruler of our people. But he's not going to come out and say it. He's just going to have 12 follow him around that <laughs> will really be suggestive of the idea.
1: Yeah, and it, 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 like you said, it is— this is Israel. Israel is with God leading them and then the 12 tribes. And he's not going to say that out loud. He's just going to pick 12 guys to lead around. And this is also kind of the key at the end of the chapter when he's talking about who is my mother and brother and family. It's those who gather around the will of God, those who listen to God's word and and do it. That That is... What family? That's that's who's in my family, and w- when he's just doing it this here with the number twelve, who who's who's in Israel? Well, this is the, this is Israel. If you, if you're around those who follow me, then you're in the new Israel. And uh, if if you don't like that, well, there's a lot of others <laughs> who don't like it either. But uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have more to yeah. say about that later. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, and um, I think you're right here that there is a tie-in to what he says about you know mother and brothers, and I, I mean we're going to see this that the Lord redefines a lot of the old things, right? He doesn't discard the old things, but he takes the categories of like family, and he fills them with with new meaning. Um, but but before we, before we get there, um, you know, we we, we got to deal one more time here with with the demons, right? Because uh, we, we've seen that the crowd following him around. Right, um, is is from everywhere, including Jerusalem. So word is making it back to Jerusalem, which is significant because when you, when we talked about the Herodians earlier, right, that's where they're hanging out, right. That's where Herod's palace is. Um, that, that's where the seat of authority. That's where the people who are close to the high priest, right. Um, who, who would mm-hmm. you know be like? Well, you have Ananias and Caiphas, right, or Annas and Caiaphas, as he's sometimes referred to. Um, this is where all the, the seat of leadership is, and so all this is making its way back to Jerusalem. And then it says here in verse 22, there's some scribes. So we've talked about them. These are like the scholars. Like these are these are the ones who know the Bible really, really well, right? These are the experts. Um, and so they, they come down from Jerusalem, right? The guys who would have been talking with Herod and the high priest and all the rest. And they say, you know, he's possessed by Beelzebul. I mean, that, that's not just, a, they're just kind of calling him names. This is like, the official yeah. diagnosis i mean this is like hey guys uh, we, we've kind of been talking up here in jerusalem up with the leadership and uh this is uh this is the white house recommendation right here Yep,
1: yeah, we we've heard about what he's done and what he said and that's not kosher correct
0: yeah. yeah right so i mean it's um it really is a way of i, I mean already uh, just saying like hey you know what, this guy is, is against the nation and if you're aligning yourself with him you know that. Well, I mean, look whose side you're on. Um, so, so I, I think that that it's kind of no it's no coincidence then that on either sides of these words, you've got stuff about family and about household, right? Because here he's going to talk yeah. about the house, right? Divided, um, the kingdom yeah. of Satan. Uh, but on either sides, we're looking at his family, his house, and so <laughs> there really yeah. is a strong question of like whose house does he belong to and and really uh, whose house uh, do you belong to i mean this is like a joshua moment like as for me and my household this is what we're going to do right yeah. how about you and your household
1: yes no i think i think you're right and he he is redrawing lines i mean in one way you could say he's redrawing lines but i'm sure he would just say no this is the way it's always been Th- those who gather around god and his word and want to do his will that's Always been God's people. There's nothing new about that, and you already had uh, John the Baptist earlier saying, "Don't tell me you who what bloodline you're from. That's not that's not the key factor." And this was upsetting to them. And even here, we saw we began the the chapter with talking about Commandment three and the Sabbath day. This is clearly toying with Commandment four and honoring father and mother and how that is most properly done. Right. And his mother yeah. and brothers are coming to him and calling him crazy. And he says, who are my mother and brothers then? And yeah. everyone has to say, well, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> everyone knows, everyone knows what mother and brother means. Right. And he says, yeah, do you, do you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I mean, this, this is, I mean, it's so interesting, right? Cause I mean, in a a lot of ways, I mean, you can see why Matthew told the story differently and he he put the Sermon on the Mount so prominently where it was kind of so obviously commandment by commandment. But but Mark is doing the same thing, right? The, The Lord is actually taking the commandments um, and, he, and he's saying, do you guys really know what this means? right? Like are we yeah. are we just crossing them off and checking the boxes, but we're not really thinking about why God gave the commandments and what's really going on here? And so yeah, I, I totally agree here. I mean, he's you're, you're looking at you're looking at the fourth commandment. like what does it really mean, our family obligations? what What's the third commandment? What's it really mean to keep the Sabbath day holy? Um, you know what's I mean, what's the second commandment? What does it really mean, right? To yeah. uh, keep the name of God holy, which you know we're gonna and who, who's I mean, really mean? correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's so it's getting there. But so just but but before we we get to that, so just help help break down the parable itself, though, right? Um, so they're they're saying, hey, you're in league with with Satan, but then he gives this this parable about the strong man. So, I mean, so what what's he what's he doing with with their with their claim? Well,
1: I mean, the the, the first the first question is just like how, how would that work guys if i'm on satan's team and i'm casting out and destroying people on satan's team how how is that a good plan at all right if, right. if a kingdom is divided that's usually called a civil war that and the, and it's not good for the kingdom if it's if a right. house is divided it's not going to stand and so if satan is fighting satan then you don't have you don't have anything to worry about because he's going to destroy himself and those factions will destroy themselves on the other hand if there is someone fighting against satan and it's not satan because that would be absurd might it be i don't know the finger of god might it might it be someone who's actually against satan and wants to fight him and is defeating him if 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 i am able to just cast out demons if Satan's soldiers are just repelled by me and I defeat them, that right. could mean that I'm actually stronger than Satan. And if right. if if I were going to take over a house, if I were a thief, as soon as I tied up the owner of the house, I could take whatever I want, right? Maybe yep. that's maybe that's what's going on. And yeah. Then, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and you just um, question uh, to them. <laughs>
0: I appreciate that you drew in the parallel passage just now you said finger of god that's what you get in luke 11 right where he, he kind of just comes out and says it more explicitly there in, in luke's uh, uh-huh. recounting of it right that you know it but if it is by the finger of god then i cast out demons then the kingdom of god has come upon you and the way that matthew puts it then in chapter 12 of his account you know uh he says but it, if it is by the spirit of god that i cast out demons then the kingdom of god has come upon you which uh, I, I think then are are kind of ways of helping us understand this. Then this this bit about this unforgivable sin, as it's um, sometimes called, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just I mean, we have to kind of go over it really fast. But just kind of in a nutshell, what what's it getting at here? The, with the connection that we we're seeing in Matthew and Luke about that it's the Holy Spirit who's making this happen.
1: Yeah, it, it, then it is God at work. And if, you, you've, if you've aligned yourself against God, and, and the Holy Spirit is the one uh, who, whose power Jesus is utilizing to do his works, and it's the Holy Spirit who works through his preaching and teaching to bring people to not only health and wellness, but soundness of mind, and seeing him as the Christ, then if you refuse to listen to him, you've painted yourself in an awkward corner because he's the Savior and if your yep. if your plan is he's not the savior where does that leave you <laughs> right yeah
0: yeah well no I, I, that's actually that's a really good way of just like quickly coming to the heart of it right like it, it's not as if there's like actually in god's rule book right There's a hierarchy of rules, and if you break this one rule, like, oh, man, all bets are off, sorry. You know, like, at the pearly Uh gates, Peter's like, sorry, but you broke, you know, like, section, like, you know, C, subsection, you know, gamma, right? Like, no, it's not like that. Like, there's some kind of technical rule. It's just that if you align yourself against God and you're saying God is the devil, basically— um, yes. Well, then, who's going to forgive your sins? You've kind of taken out the only person who could possibly do that for you. So yep. uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of a lot It's a lot simpler, just as you explained it, um, than we sometimes make it out to be. Only like 30 seconds left here. So then coming back to the, to this mother and brothers thing, so what is he getting at then, after having said this about unclean spirits and the Holy Spirit, uh, that, hey, these are my mother and my brothers?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's clearly here talking about there are hierarchies of family, and the family of God is first and foremost. And those who are in the family of God listen to and do the will of God, and they, they will see that keenly in Jesus Christ. And if they don't, there's some other kind of family going on.
0: amen right and then you see so much of that throughout the rest of the gospels and the rest of scriptures thank you so much brother uh for being on your toes and for joining us today god bless you in the rest of your easter season
1: you too thank you
0: thank you brother everybody that was pastor scott adle pastor at good shepherd lutheran church in collinsville illinois Moving on to Mark 4, but first, we're going to look at a psalm next week. So check that out. Till then, I'm Pastor H.S. Espinosa. You've Peace. You've
1: listening to Thy Strong Word, produced by the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.